are listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 159 for the week of November 9th, 2014. Welcome back everyone to the longest running podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series and occasionally HBO's Game of Thrones. As usual, this is Mimi. This is Amin. And this is Kyle. Well, welcome back everybody. It's Is this the first time we've all been together since uh, summertime, I guess? <laughs> Yes, since the Comic Con episode, yeah. I think. Who are you people? I don't know y'all. <laughs> I, but I do feel like every and time I, I'm talking to you guys in the podcast, it's like, yay, it's all of us. Well, we can name it Return of Mimo number five. <laughs> oh, God, <it's> dare. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today we'll be covering kind of, it's kind of our preliminary or intro episode to the world of Ice and Fire. Uh, we will be do- doing subsequent episodes where we look at the different sections and cover it really in depth. But today we just want to give our initial reactions to the book and to jump around and look at various interesting theories and first of all congratulations to linda and elio the authors of this book who got married on the day that it was released no way (laughs) oh did they they uh, see i know more news than you guys do but that's only because i'm a facebook whore uh yeah they they officially i guess tied the knot i mean at least according to facebook on the 28th that tuesday that this book dropped so i'm so excited for them they've been uh, together and engaged crazy happened at them though at the at the wedding i mean it's a wedding of ice and fire was it a everything go planned or Uh, right i know i feel like they should have uh invited george to that whole get together but i don't think that they did like a major wedding situation maybe they did invite george i'm still waiting for my invitation i got lost in the mail (laughs) yeah i know where's mine (laughs) did they have a song of ice and fire themed wedding uh i don't believe so because i'm looking at a picture of them together and uh neither of them look like dorks they're just they're just wearing formal clothes so So, yeah, I mean, awesome. So, yeah, congratulations to them. And uh, they, yeah, they had a really cool photo shoot for Wired UK as well. They look awesome. Kyle, we're inviting George to our wedding, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, everybody's coming back. And now that he knows you, he'll show up. So, so so many years together, though. I'm so proud of them because, you know, Westeros and this, I mean, you know, Martin's world really brought them together. And so it's great seeing them. Seeing them get married. We've talked to them so many times. I don't think I know their relationship backstory. Uh, I feel like I probably hassled them about it the first time we talked to them. Mm. I can't remember. I, I feel like we might have. But um, another interesting thing is that they uh, they've been <laughs> they they got their first uh, stalkers, their first fans. What? <laughs> yeah, they uh, apparently two teenage fans tweeted that they discovered that they live on the same street as Linda and Elio. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were they were really excited about that. <laughs> Uh, I'm still waiting for my stalkers. Yeah, but you're already Tumblr hated, Mimi. You're you're a level above. Oh wait, Linda's got that cover too. <laughs> oh yeah, me and Linda. We should just make a Tumblr together and just direct all the ire to one place. I am Tumblr hated, but my dog is Tumblr famous, so I guess that balances out. Mimi, I don't know if you've been on our forums, but you definitely have stars. So. Is there somebody like I love Mimi or something? Or some sort I don't of know, but half of the fantasy forums? football yeah. team names um, in our podcast league are named after you, Mimi. Oh, no, that's terrifying. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, let's go around and give our lemon cake scores. All right, well, I'll start us off. I'll, I'll give it a solid 4.5 out of 5. I uh, really enjoyed it, diving back into the ice and fire world. In fact, I don't even know why I didn't give it a 5. I'm reluctant to give things 5. But in particular, I really love the artwork. Like, it's called The World of Ice and Fire, and you think it's an encyclopedia type thing, but it's also basically a, an artwork piece. It's art every second page. So, 
Yeah, I can't. I feel like they could have sold this book for like three times the cost of it's. Yeah. It's really incredibly beautiful. I'm just gonna do it. I mean, I'm gonna throw a five out there. Uh, not oh. because I've read this cover to cover, but because you're right. It is an art book and encyclopedia in one, and it is so much canon. It is a ton. I really thought it would be a little skimpy, and I thought it would cover a lot of things that we had already known from the books. Um, proper, but there's so much like geography and and backstory to this, and it feels weird to have this drop after all these years of us hypothesizing about you know places we've only vaguely read about and characters we'd only heard mentioned before. But it introduces so many new historical figures and um, and so much more information that I'm also really glad that it didn't keep anything like it didn't put in any like Game of Thrones photographs or anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There'll probably be a Game of Thrones version in the future, like the Game of Thrones encyclopedia. It'll be right? wrong. They probably oh, already have. Already them. working on an unofficial <laughs> edition or something. Well, there's that little note in there about the app, the companion app. In the World of Ice and Fire, there's a. Yeah, it says uh, George R. R. Martin's The World of Ice and Fire: A Game of Thrones Guide. Get the only official Song of Ice and Fire app, George R. R. Martin. Oh shit! I bet George R. R. Martin's involvement with that was minimal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys been hearing all the? Have you guys read the Amazon reviews for this book? No. People are no. bashing it because, what? What? and I'm what? not entirely this sure not- why. It seems most of the reviews are just like, "Oh yeah, it's written a tiny bit by George," and then it's two other people. They're like, "What is this?" What? Oh uh, man! Well, why don't you guys give your lemon cake ratings, and then I'm gonna make fun of the one star reviews. There you go. Let's do it. Let's do some Amazon <laughs> yeah. reviews. Straight back, up, five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Give me canon, <laughs> and I, I love it. It's uh, you know, I, I think my only complaint was that I had to pull up the math book when reading about this stuff because <laughs> you can't figure out where the hell everything is located just le- reading descriptions and the fact that it didn't answer everything, but it still gets back. Isn't there a map in the beginning of the book? There's oh. there's little small sections, but to really understand where everything's situated, you need like a Essos map. Okay. Because hmm. there's the known world map on page four, I think it is. But yeah, it's not detailed. It doesn't label any any cities or anything. Yeah. No, it's, that, that 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 was a little frustrating. But aside from that, I mean, you know, goddamn it, what's in that Dornish letter and <laughs> what's beyond the sky? <laughs> You're not giving me enough. Man, I haven't gotten to Dorn yet. Get through those parts. Oh, I'm not skipping. I'm just going to read it through. I'm going to go <laughs> on this magical journey was, called was history. Turn to a shy and read that section. I'll get there. <laughs> well, we'll be jumping around to those different sections today, so you'll get some exposure. Um, I think I'm with a mean where I'm a little hesitant to give it a five, but I don't have any good reason not to give it a five because I absolutely love it. It's beautifully made. Like it's like a pillow. It's it's so squishy. <laughs> sleep on this thing. Um, I find it interesting that the uh, the dragon on the cover in one of the main pages is a black dragon. Are we Blackfire? Oh, we're always Blackfire. <laughs> I saw someone post a picture of a book that had a reverse um, color scheme. So right, the like black different... book, right, with the red yeah. dragon. Oh, really? Oh, wow, that's your country or something. Which cover are you? Is, is your cover red or black? Like your overall cover? Red. Yeah, that's one I have too. So, it just, it just uh, seemed a little odd to me, but uh, but I absolutely love the book. And uh, like, I, as soon as I picked it up, I actually flipped through every single page and I looked at all the pictures, and I was like, "Oh my god, these are beautiful!" And then uh, and then I slowly been reading it, but I'm I'm not I haven't been jumping around. And uh, so, who is the artwork by? It's a no um, fantasy flight, but 
lots of people. It's like a, a variety of artists, actually. In the last page, it's uh, one of the pages listed. Is it the last yeah, near the end, there's a, it tells you all the artists, credits all the artists that did all the work. But it's a, it's a very, yeah. uh, it's a long list. And can I just say that with all the, the pictures and everything, I guess these are, were handpicked by George mostly, I believe, to be the most accurate that he's seen to what he imagined when he was writing it. At least that's the impression that I got. And uh, can I just say how nice it is? Like Game of Thrones, watching the show, it keeps trying to trick me into thinking this world is like possible. And then flipping through this book, I realize that it is just pure, beautiful, magical fantasy. And I'm so glad that uh, I've been reminded of that. Yeah, and can we just have a cheer for them using their own sigils and not the Game of Thrones ones? Yes, yes. Well, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me with Linda and Elio being responsible for it, but... Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that this is so much is all original content and I feel like the words Game of Thrones that are in the front to um to pull in the plebs, but I mm-hmm. feel like all of the all of the art and everything is, you know, is very separate from HBO's production, so God, that dragonstone painting right under the cover. Yeah. Oh. It's amazing. Uh, but, you know, you guys, I think the important thing is to see what the cultured and educated Amazon reviewers thought of this book. Um, <laughs> Sit back and light a pipe for this one. This is, this is the thing that I'm good at, is just uh, making fun of Wangs. Oh, um, did we mention already that this is not going to be an in-depth review? If you're yes. expecting to get encyclopedic knowledge at this point, no, it's just more our general thoughts. and We're, we're definitely going to go more into this later. The fact that I'm in this episode should have tipped off the listeners that this is not going to be. Well, didn't you get a preview copy of this book, Mimi? Yes. So you've had a chance to read it twice already. Yes. Uh huh. Well, I got it when I was studying for the um, I was studying for the the HSK, the, the Hanyu Shaping Culture for my Chinese proficiency. So mm-hmm. a chance to immediately dive into it. But shut up, Kyle! I bought you your copy. Yeah, well, I could have got one two <laughs> weeks early and read it. Oh, you you would have been in five pages. <laughs> hey, I would have gotten in more than five pages. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people don't even have their copy yet. I mean, outside of the country, a lot of people don't. So even just getting a lot this of people outside the country got their copy before them. I did, and I got it on release day. Right. What? Oh, yeah. Some, I, well, some stores uh, broke the rules and released it early. Okay. Oh, no. Because I posted on our Facebook page, which links to our Twitter, that um, I was like, oh, is everybody looking forward to tomorrow when the book comes out? And a few of the replies were, uh, I think you mean today. And I was like, you bastards getting the book early. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I got some Twitter hate, well, envy, when I was kept tweeting about it. It was my own yeah, fault. You were, you were asking for that. <laughs> You're like, oh, I wonder if this quote means this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was like, the Dornish letter, this thing is awesome. And people were like, what's the Dornish letter? <laughs> yeah, a meme Twitter is just a string of weird-looking food and then just spoilers from this book. <laughs> so what I'm saying is you should all follow him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the people who have received it, um, Mr. Charles Dutcher from the U.K., Shame on you, George Martin, for leading me on, thinking this was a continue from book five, Ice and Fire, book six. That is a <laughs> lot of money for nothing. Too lazy to finish or too old to finish book six. I think George forgets that we are the customers. These are the one-star reviews. It's just people going like, wait a second. This isn't a continuation of the series. I am illiterate. Oh, gosh. So he thought it was something else and because he didn't realize it. One star. The- this is not the sixth yeah. book. Diana McCullough says, great art is all that can be said about this book. I should have walked into a bookstore and taken the hour to ne- to necessary to flip through the pictures and never read a word. It feels like the author's overused a th- 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 thesaurus 
<laughs> a thesaurus. A thesaurus. <laughs> guys, sorry, guys. I can't. And really need to read a lesson on why people, why purple prose is bad. This isn't worth your money. Uh, Jeez. My favorite comment from Eric Gonzalez. The authors are so critical of the show that I thought they would have delivered. Pass. They don't talk about the show at all. What does this have to There's do with the show? No, no, they're saying they're so critical of the show that because they hate the show so much that the book should have been better because that's about the thing they actually care about. Uh, Yeah, these are mostly just people who are like, who just don't care about the content of it, you know? Yeah. But there is, I mean, not to justify the one-star reviews, but there is, I mean, there's a split between people who like world-building, which I think all of us do, and, and there's some people who just like right. plot. They don't care about the world-building, and well, that, for them, it's not, it's not that type book? of... I mean, it's yeah. kind of very... Because they, they, they don't know how to read an Amazon description. That's I right. mean, it is literally called A World of Ice, The World of Ice and Fire. It's not yeah. the plot of Ice and Fire. It's not the Game of Thrones companion guide to that, Ice yeah. and Fire. It is literally a world-building book, and it makes it very, very clear. And so I this guy, Bab Wins, uh, or Lady, possibly, uh, a dull... Uh, the facts sometimes contradicts what is actually happening in the World of Ice and Fire books. So apparently they didn't realize that this was a maester just talking about what he yeah. he heard. You skip that fact, which is the preface of the whole book. No, no, Mushroom's account was completely accurate, and everything he said was true. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yes, that's what. <laughs> I'm reading that Babs Wins comment right now. <laughs> In this volume, dragon lords have brown eyes. Did Chase write this? <laughs> the drawing colors are oversaturated and muddy. Oh, God. Are you high? Like, what? How is this? How can you even hate on the artwork? I mean, that's like the best part of the book. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think the artwork is amazing. Just oversaturated. I don't like these Instagram filters on this art. Like, it's, what is what does that even mean? It's. I mean, I feel like if someone did have a legitimate complaint about like things maybe that contradict canon in the books, it would be different. But it's just mostly people just going like, uh, it seems that this author is copying all of Tolkien's books. Although I have to say, there are a few mistakes in the book that people have shown, like some of yeah. the um, the family trees or, or the uh, uh, the order of the kings, like the Targaryen kings. There are a couple that are out of out of place, um, not in the actual layout of the book, but there's a there's a page where uh, there's a just um, the order, and one of them is out of order, and apparently there's a couple other small mistakes in there. Yeah, um, I heard like things like uh, there mar- some are marked down as women that are supposed to lead men, <laughs> little. Mishaps like that. <clears throat> yep. The weird thing it's, is, I feel really like you know, George had mentioned before in his book that he has Linda and Elio do his fact checking. So, really, who is Linda and Elio going to have to do their fact checking? Send it Us. to Amin and I. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. We should, yeah, we should, I mean, yeah. should be the, the go to. They yeah. should have sent it to Alex or something. Huh. Yeah, there you go. Start with the hand. Yeah. Um, but to everyone who has read the books and feel like George hasn't contributed to any of it, George does clarify in his live journal that uh, there are tens of thousands of his words in there. It was um, so all of everyone saying that this wasn't written by George is, is misinformation and trolling. Yeah, he wrote most of it. In fact, there was mostly Elio and Linder kind of like would suggest ideas and he would just like throw this massive block of text at them. So, And you can see it. You can feel it. If you don't recognize George's style here, then you're not 
it's your own problem. Like you can tell it's his. Right. Yeah, and that's what I thought too. People are like, "This is boring," and I wish George had written it. How does that feel to be George to have written this stuff? <laughs> have his fans not recognize when he is trying to write like a maester? I mean, the amazing thing about George and what people always notice about him is that his voice. I mean, his storytelling is as powerful as ever, but his voice changes subtly with each POV that he writes. You know, so when he writes Cersei, it's not going to sound like the viewpoint as an Arya chapter. And so when he's trying to write a very dry Maester's tome about history and geography, it's not going to sound like... I, I think that if these people read, um, like, the the Queen and the, like, the Rogue yeah, Prince or something, the they'd realize that yeah. it is his voice because it's, you know, you yeah. can tell right away. I mean, those are pulled from the book, though, right? That's right. Yeah. So yeah, we go. Well, I think you'd have to be really into um, Vice and Fire world building and history to have picked those up before the release of this. And so, I mean, I guess I can understand reading Song of Ice and Fire and thinking that this would be written exactly like the books. But, I mean, the point is this is an encyclopedia. Yeah. Here's a, I was interested about this guy, but I just can't figure out why he hates it so much. Another one-star review by CTH um, titled Trash Should Be Burned in Flea Bottom for Warmth. Um, and he, he has a big, long review, but he doesn't talk about why he hates it. He's just afraid of being called a troll. And um, he pretty much says George didn't have much involvement in it. And that's kind of the only thing. But but this he says he's a longtime who... fan. Like, he's read all the books, and he, he gave it a bad review. And I was just wondering why, and he's not given an answer. But um, he says, honestly, you will find this thing in the bargain bins for under $10 in less than six months. I mean, this guy is a troll, though, because he also just reviews trash cans. Five stars, rubber made trash can. <laughs> hey, two people stars. Need trash can. Trash <laughs> cans are important. <laughs> Don't get them wet or they stink. So, I mean, come on. This is. So it's actually a compliment, maybe. He likes to trash. Yeah, no, this person is garbage. <laughs> and I hope this person is listening to this episode right now. Unless we have more to say, we can kind of just dive into the book and talk about various pages that I have tabs. Do you want to do that? So we'll basically be jumping around. And I think the first one, Ashley in particular, will find it interesting if we can jump to page 143, which is... Uh, Should we talk about how this book is a re-gift? Sure, go ahead. What do you I mean, mean, that's, I mean that, that's all I wanted to say, was just the, the, just the conceit of the book, is that you're reading um, a book that's been re- supposedly re-gifted or intended for Robert and Joffrey and now Tommen. It's cute. And, well, you can see the the bias at the at the end. Like the the bias that is there is the strongest at the end when it's praising the Baratheons and the Lannisters. Yeah, you can like, hear that all through the book. Yeah, but particularly like in that section, is it is it the yeah, most? It's very fawning. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, I mean. What was the page? Sure. Let's there? just go to page one forty three. Guys, I haven't gotten there yet. Let's just jump to it. Spo- oh, spoilers! By the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah by the way, spoilers. <laughs> for, the, for this whole episode. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, just because. Uh, I haven't read Beyond yeah, the Wall. Because, you know, because earlier we had chatted. We, I think all of us were there when we chatted about the theory about a dragon being under. Yeah. Window. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, you were on the the more crazy theory. Yeah. There's, like, there's, cause, a dragon. there's two theories. The theory that you went after is the second. You can see that there's two excerpts there, right? Like the mushroom. Like, let's see, well, there's, yeah, there's three. On that page. I did not guess yeah. on the miraculous thing. No, I mean, on page 143, if you look, like, there's a regular text, and then there's, like, that little, like, excerpt type thing. In the middle is Mushroom's thing, we dismiss Mushroom's claim. Like, we followed the last one. Like, the, like what we were talking about before was there's a dragon under Winterfell that that's the reason why there's a hot spring. The dragon is, like, fueling it. That's that's not true. But the idea in the middle is that there, there were eggs, maybe. Yeah. And because there was a hot spring, they laid eggs, and maybe those hatched. That's possible. We didn't really talk about it that way. We talked about, like, there was a dragon already there. That was like fueling the hot springs. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't, I don't think that's plausible. But, but it's quite plausible. But you did yeah, read about ahead. the part about there being ice dragons. Oh yeah, we, I mean the ice dragons have been mentioned in the yeah. book before. Maybe, yeah, I, I think, I think, maybe, maybe yeah. one of them's asleep. Ashley's so excited. Oh, you saying that? <laughs> I think, I think the egg one makes sense because it even says that uh, the hot springs is a kind of like a, a sub uh, example of volcanic activity, like Dragonstone. So dragons like Dragonstone, right? So they're similar. When they go to Winterfell, they would lay eggs under there. That that could make that could work. So like, it's a stronger theory now. The only problem is. Is do, do we? Is there really going to be all these other dragons flying around there? That kind of undercuts Danny's three dragons. That's the from a narrative point of view, it could be a problem. But from just like a theory point of view, you could say, well, there there was an egg there, and there was all this blood and death, which is kind of like a sacrifice, and the egg hatched. That's a possibility. But just narratively, do we really want all these dragons flying around? So. Well, I, I feel like reading about Aegon's conquest, you start to get a picture that dragons are not this end all be all, you know, conquering force. That you kind of need more hmm. than one. That's true, yeah. And also, I mean, if it was an egg, it would actually be really small, so maybe they wouldn't have seen it. It would really be a really small. It would be like a bird flying out, right? Because it would drive Danny's dragons were born. That's more <laughs> explainable than, than an actual dragon. But when they hatched, how big were they? Right? They were just like an eagle or something. Yeah, well, that's not a small bird. That's a, those eagle eggs are pretty good size. Yeah. Yeah, but you might miss an eagle coming out, yeah. right? But you're not going to miss even like a small dragon, because there were still men there. So that 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 was one of the theories I want to talk about. Because we I remember we had a discussion on that before. I mean, you you're kind of be bursting with all the theories and stuff. About ten pages, like tabbed like that. Like I, we could just jump to them and ch- talk about them. But do you want to alternate? Like, do you have a page you want to talk about, Ashley, or how do you want to do this? Um, well, I'm not really ready to go too in-depth on anything, because I haven't finished, so I've just been, like, I haven't even read all the little excerpt parts, like, I've been going through kind of cherry-picking stuff. Okay, well then, is it okay if we continue on just jumping around like this, or what do you want to, is that fine with you? Jump sure. around, I mean, take us on a journey. Okay, let's jump around to something Kyle like, let's find the, the, the wives and mistresses of Aegon the Fourth. What the the wives? <laughs> yeah. Like the, uh, there's a portrait uh, of, old, of Aegon. The unworthy. Yeah, Aegon the unworthy. Yeah, what page is that on? I think that's. Hold on, guys. You, you guys are like flipping, chopping up on. Yeah, I, I know that. All right. page Maybe we should well restart the call. Okay. <clears throat> okay, I'm back. Is that better? Or no? I don't know. Keep talking. Okay, that's it's page one. No, it's page ninety-eight. Okay. <laughs> page ninety-eight. I know this page well because I'm already in a cosplay group that is doing all the why all the mistresses. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yep. So you know, uh, George specifically, like he gave descriptions here, and he had the artists like redo the work. Like these are specifically tailored to his mm-hmm. t- description. So this is this is what they looked like. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. What are we looking at? What's interesting about these well, mistresses? Well, there's a black pearl of Bravos. I think her descendants are still around or being mentioned, right? right. The young and buxom wife of a blacksmith. Let's read about her. He's basically like, uh, was it Henry VIII? Was the, was the guy who had all the wives? I think it was. Yeah, that. well, these weren't wives. These were just like, like um, yeah. Aegon the Unworthy had like slept with like, I think he says I'm like 900 women or something, but these were his favorites. So oh, crap. It's... Yeah. Divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, survived. There you go. That's the Henry VIII yeah. rhyme. <laughs> One of them is uh, Blood Raven's mom, right? And one of them is Bitter Steel. I think the yeah. Blackwood is, uh, yeah, Blackwood is. The it's just Blackfire's not there. Lady, Lady Melissa Missy Blackwood, the 
best love of the king's mistresses. Ooh. Are they, are they just... <laughs> one okay. of them does, ma- does magic. I mean, actually, was... one of the, I think one of them does magic. Is she here? Let's see. I don't or know. She's accused was Aegon a uh, boob guy? Aegon the Unworthy? Because a lot of these well, descriptions is, so I think talk about their Aegon is. They're like, <laughs> Lady Melissa Blackwood, both younger and prettier than Lady Barba, albeit far less buxom. <laughs> what? I think there was a whole, like, they were fighting over this hill or something that was supposed to be representative of their breasts. I think that's mentioned in the Dance of Dragons. Like, the black you say they were the black fighting woman. over hills? Yeah. There's like Missy's... supposed to represent their breasts? Yeah, it was like Missy's breasts or something. Or Yeah, there's a chapter yeah. where, da- where Jamie's talking about them. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Actually, that's... Anyways, in yeah. our cosplay group, we basically like, picked the characters based on breast size. Not gonna <laughs> lie. Oh my god. <laughs> based on who, who's the most talented? Are they going to do that at Ice and Fire Con? Yeah. Kyle, you got to come out there. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the bustiest. <laughs> um, I think I think one of them does magic, I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to see which one um, does. I know Sierra Seastar's mom is there. Oh, yeah, here we go. Reputed to be a sorceress. Um, or I think Megor himself. Like One of the recurring themes in this book is the women, powerful women who are often from overseas, from Essos. That are accused of sorcery or may do sorcery, like that's a recurring theme. Like the other woman with power, it happens the, over and over again. What I found interesting is how dismissive the maester is about magic, despite them knowing that magic exists in this world, and especially that it existed a lot more more in the past. And yet, every like he tries to explain things, and like if it was our world, his explanations would be what we would go for. But since we know there's magic. We can't just take that at face value. We have yeah. to look at all the other options. So that that, that, I found that really interesting, huh? how kind of misdirection um, <laughs> the, the maester tries to point you in one way, but you got to keep in mind, no, nah, it's the other one. Although, well, the most yeah. dimis- dismissive, he, he cites other people who are even more dismissive. Like, it's not just his mm. words that does it. Mm. He's always citing people. This guy says, like, the others were just a tribe of first men. Like, but it wasn't his idea, but he did mention it. I'm only yeah, a small way. Yeah, but he does way. say words like "more likely." This person's account. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I'm only a small way into the book, but it always seems like the the idea that he's most dismissive of is the one we know is right. <laughs> he's like, "Well, there's this and this and this, and then there's this crazy thing that nobody believes, like this." And every, and as the reader, I'm like, "Well, yeah, that's the one." So <laughs> the, he he doth protest too much on some things. <laughs> Is that the case throughout the whole book? The one that he dismisses the most ends up. I, I don't. I, I, some of the ideas are, I think, pretty crazy and not likely. But um, there, there's a lot that I'm like, ah. Okay. Like I this this guy's trying to rise up the ranks. Like most of the maesters are anti magic, so he can't be too much in favor of that kind of thing. Like he's trying to mm. probably has some goals beyond just the book. What's next on your list, Amin? Okay, so yeah, we talked about the repeating woman who's the other. Oh yeah, so a lot of the book again, you see Blackwood against Bracken. It's like all over the place. It's just they're just like probably the longest rivalry there is. Mm-hmm. It's between those two families. It just keeps coming up every generation. Some sort of conflict between them. So that is interesting. Um, let's jump to Dorne because uh, I've said this a few times, but it, if you didn't think Dorne was badass already, like when you read this book. Dorn is badass. <laughs> and, uh, and, and after you said that in a tweet, that was one of the first sections I went to, and I was like, man, this isn't that badass. Oh. What do you mean? <laughs> oh. How is it not badass? Well, they, so they threw off Vega on the Conqueror once or twice. Meh. <laughs> Who else did that? 
Who, who else made Aegon like cower in his seat and like? <laughs> you have arm? different definitions of cower. He kind of right. burned every single great house there was to the ground. Well, that's all he could do. Is he could just burn castles. He couldn't actually do anything. Like he he just burned castles, and then he lost his sister, and then he was too like whatever that. Like, I don't know if you read that part, Kyle, but like eventually they get a letter from Dorne, and he reads it, and he just like squeezes the letter so hard that he's ble- bleeding from his hand, and then he like gives up. Like what yeah. was in that letter? Yeah. I didn't read that. That's awesome. Yeah. Did, did Boyle's brother actually find that out, or were they just teasing him? Oh, they were just joking. It was just some, like, okay. funny... But but I, think, I, didn't, I, mean, I hadn't this... read the book yet at that point, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm not clicking on that. I don't know what they're talking about. No, it was just a joke photo, but I think... I mean, the, the maester says that maybe they were going to spend money... Let's see. I'm just going to find what page that was. There's a picture of it, in it as well. Yeah, they, they said to hire a faceless man, or maybe Rainey's was alive, or saying that name. How do you say all these names? That's another thing I want. Yeah. I think that's pretty good, close to what it was. Let's see. Well, Meraxes died, and then... Uh... <laughs> I'm actually on a page right now. Yeah, I, I thought... Look how that muddy just... the artwork is. It's terrible. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> On page 250, uh, it's a two-page picture beyond the Sunset Kingdom. Is that is that the bridge that Tyrion goes under in the Sunken City? Uh, is he talking about Grayscale? Because they do mention that one. Well, it's, there's no words. It's just a picture. Well, it's not labeled, there. Eh? Oh, wait. Uh, previous page. The mist-enshrouded ruins of Croan, the festival city of the Roinar. I think I that's think it. So. That sounds yeah, like it. It's on that oh, river, yeah. Awesome. Epic. I had such an image in my head when I read that part in the book. And the ruins protrude a lot more out of the water than I imagined, but oh man, this is so spooky. Well, let me just finish my case for why Dorn is badass. Just so. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I forgot. Kyle, I don't know All if right. you know, Convince but me. like, the reason why there's a Kingsguard is because of Dorn. Because of Dornish assassins, they made it Kingsguard. They made it to the king? Yeah, they were. They, they almost killed the king, and the, the, because of the threat of the Dornish assassins, they had to make Kingsguard. Oh, shit. Yeah, but Visenya took care of it. <laughs> oh, the, she had to take She's care of it. Badass. Aegon almost got himself killed there. <laughs> Damn. So that, that's pretty badass. Like have the whole institution as a result of Dorn. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, they're also treacherous when necessary. So. Because <laughs> they nice. they killed they killed the young dragon under a peace banner, but. Hey, that's that's why that's why they don't trust the Dornish. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Page. I did like the part oh, about the sword of the morning. But which page is that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have it's no under, idea. Uh, the great houses. Um, in the Martell section, they talk about House Dane. Yeah, I'm gonna need a page number on that one. Um, see if I can. We have a nice index here. Which oh, there's lots of swords. Swords, Blackfire, Brightboard, Dark Sister. Dude, Bright Roar is a sexy looking sword. Somebody needs to find that thing. Damn. Tyrion needs to start swinging it. Damn. Nobody has it, right? It's still missing. It's probably the bottom of the sea in Valeria. Valeria? Why is it in Valeria? Because the, the, the uh, one Lannister was determined to go discover all the secrets of the lost city of Valeria and never returned. Oh. Yeah, nice. he lost the sword. So the Sword of the Morning is on 239. That's nice armor. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Though many houses have their heirloom swords, they mostly pass the blades down from lord to lord. Some, such as the Corbrays have done, may lend the blade to a son or brother for his lifetime, only to have it returned to the lord. 
But that is not the way of Hasdain. The wielder of dawn is always given the title the sword of the morning, and only a knight of Hasdain who is deemed worthy can carry it. It's so awesome. And for this reason, the sword of the morning are famous throughout the all the swords the swords of the morning are all famous throughout the seven kingdoms. Do you guys have any theories on what's up with that sword? Is it like Lightbringer or something? Because, like they said, Hmm. it's it's not a normal sword. It's it it has all the properties of Valyrian steel, yet it's light in color rather than dark. Yeah, I don't feel like it has any connection to Lightbringer, just because it seems to have a long, rich history, and it's not like, oh, it came over from a great warrior someday. Um, They talk about it being forged and whatnot, so I feel like it's a completely separate sword, but... Yeah, it's strange that it's something different. I mean, maybe it just is some uh, uh, alien metal that fell to the earth. That's what they said. Was it made from a meteorite or something? I think that was. Well, I think that's the story. Yeah. It seems like a little too obvious to be Lightbringer or too 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 there. I kind of agree. It's it's the... just so different from all other swords. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe that's why Darkstar is going to use it in the future. So. <laughs> <laughs> And that's so awesome that Ed, Ar- that, uh, Ned Stark was so noble that after he killed, uh, Arthur yeah. Dane. Yeah, he, con- contrasted he with went, Tywin, right? Tywin. He went all the way the to Dorne to return the sword. I think that's so cool. Tywin yeah, took the it, sword and melted it down. Like, Ed, Ed, Ned returned the sword. It's a big difference. But he wanted Valyrian steel for the Lannisters. Yeah, but it's like a thousand year old sword. That, that sword's worth more than their kids. Cute Just saying. <laughs> yeah. But how come House Manwoody isn't on uh, the little circle of, of house sigils? That's what I want to yeah. know. Is it not there? I want there? to know that, too. Yes. It's not there. Dude, there is a Michael Manwoody, though, right? Yes. There is. <laughs> but, but it's not actually a reference to you, Kyle, unfortunately. It's not It's not a reference to me? Yeah, when I first read it, I was like, is it? But no, Elio cleared that up. It's referring to somebody else. Uh, so why weren't there any references to us? That's true. That's uh, the second. Don't worry, we'll be we'll be in the next book. George <laughs> is going to write two male and two female man when he's yeah. ride into battle. Yeah, let's, uh, let's keep an eye out for that. <laughs> and I was scoping out that SO section, going like, hmm, maybe he made me Asian. <laughs> <laughs> you were the model for one of these. Uh, one of the ET yeah. girls. There's lots of Asian people in this world. They just they're just there not, are. Yeah. Maybe that's why I like this book so much. Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. Go to page uh, three hundred six, Kyle, and you'll. Get they an talk about Yt and Ling. Oh, and Yt is pretty badass. Like that place is that is powerful, like and Yt has like was it the five forts, which are like the equivalent of the wall. Apparently. Yeah, that yeah. part was interesting, and the yeah. fact that we learned that the the long night or whatever happened everywhere in the world, not just Westeros. Yeah, that is really interesting. I feel like a couple Look of those Zorses, Zorses, <laughs> fake. Your, no, your worst nightmare. <laughs> ah, those pictures. Oh, and there's like conehead guys. Yeah, those conehead guys. <laughs> Y'all, can we talk about how fine this babe is and Ling? Oh yeah. Yeah, they're tall. They're super tall there. Mm-hmm. It's Chinese for cold. Lung. <laughs> But what I really liked is how, um, you know, there's actually different races of men and they can't actually interbreed because you get like mules yeah. that are uh, oh, sterile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, like, that, that's the proof that they're not really human. They're like, not, they're know, the like same Neanderthals, basically. They're like the equivalent of Neanderthals. Like the, there, was, there was two branches of humans in our world. In this world, there's at least two, if not more. Plus yeah, but yeah. We, we could breed with Neanderthals. But. Not easily. Like uh, it, it happened. But they but they, they were similar though. Like, well, I think only like only men could do, or like only one side of the. 
it, both sexes couldn't. I think only like I don't know which oh. one it was. The pregnancy was lot different. So, but I mean, the the equivalent is in this world. There's more branches of humanity. I mean, there's also giants and there's like children in yeah. the forest. So there's like lots of species. Yeah, like the Ib was it? Yeah. Ib. <clears throat> Really Ibn or whatever, like the port of Ib. And then the people in Sotheros as well are different. Like they can't fully breed. Yeah. They're still intelligent. They just, they just can't breed. They're just a different branch of more. Broad. I'm into how these empresses and Lang take uh, take two husbands. And they've got an Isle of Whips situation here that. Whoa. Oh, that's a slaver's island, though. Oh. Yeah. Well, it sounded sexy. <laughs> oh. But E.T. in general is badass, and I mean, they have the same stories. They have the same idea of, like, Azor Ahai. Yeah. Where is this place located? We need a map of that, uh, that whole area. That's what we're missing. See? Like I said, it yeah. gets you frustrated. You don't have a map there. <laughs> well, what's it near? It's at the very edge uh, of the, the map that we have there. It's not even on the map, these, these areas. Oh, okay. Dude, how about that Sothros place? That yeah. place sounds frightening. <laughs> yeah. Can't go there without getting like diseased. Yeah. That sounds like hell on earth, man. Screw the others. Oh, let's let's oh. not let them take over. Is it Yin? Is that, is that the name of the place in the middle of Sotheros? In the top section? That the, the, the black temple building that is, like, cursed? I want to know what's going on there. <laughs> the further east or south you go, the, this, the wilder and more magical the world becomes. Like it's, uh... I thought it was frustrating. We was like, no, I want to know more. You can't just give me more hints. You're just giving me more questions. Well, we're never going to know everything about this entire world. Well, you know the the guy from uh, Princess and the Queen who was like in the Valyrian Lord, the Sea Snake? He yep. visited a lot of these places when he was younger. Like, it talks about him. He made it this far or something. That was part of his thing. That guy is awesome. Yeah, I think he made it all the way to E.T. I'm thinking you guys say, are saying E.T. Aliens? So did um did Ellie and Linda confirm how they came up with a lot of the names for the original characters? Uh, some of them were references to people like that played in the the game they play. They play like an online like mm. equivalent of an RPG. So that's so some were references there, and then George put references himself to people, and then some were just names. So, isn't there a Lord uh, Lord Kermit and oh Anzo, there is yeah Anzo and Anzo and uh, yeah, yeah Tully's. I believe. There's a Muppet oh, the Tullys, Tullys, yeah. yeah. That, I, I don't know. I mean, like, they can do what they want. That was a bit stretching it for me to have, like, those kind of names in there. So, I didn't give it a one star rating, though. So, <laughs> I was like, it breaks the realism. So. Yeah, but some of them you don't even notice. Like, you probably didn't notice all the football references. No, that are probably in the book. not. Yeah. Is there a lot of football references? Yeah, there's a few. Quite a few. The whole <laughs> character 1 1 is named after a New York Giants quarterback. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay, so go to page 247. That's the letter we were talking about. Page 247. What was in that letter? That's what we have to find out, the Dornish letter. That's what we have to find out. Yeah. Ooh, look at him, that hand is bleeding. Yeah, when I first saw that picture, I thought it was blood of poison. Mm -hmm. hmm. Did you guys, um, while I was attending to Lady Momington, uh, did you guys discuss Summer Hall? An egg? No, we haven't. We can jump there. Well, um, of course, you know, my jam, the Targaryen King section, really love that we get all this um, background on the uh, individual rulers of um, of the Targaryen lineage. Because, you know, we've picked up a lot of it from the Duncan Egg novellas. But um, but we do get a confirmation here. As he grew older, Aegon V had come to dream of dragons flying once more above the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros. And... Though friends Give me a page number, Mimi. Oh, 
Okay, 109. Though friends and counselors sought to dissuade him, King Aegon grew ever more convinced that only with dragons would he ever wield sufficient power to make the changes he wished to make in the realm and force the proud and stubborn lords of the Seven Kingdoms to accept his decrees. When they say that, do you think um, do you think that the changes he wants to make in the realm, the things that he feels so strongly about completely throughout, like overhauling are the things that he witnessed when he traveled with Dunk? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The injustices, what happens to the small folk, um, you know, the 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 lack of sanctity and knighthood. I mean, these are things that we see um, as, as Egg travels with Dunk, but we don't know if there have ever been any changes that have been made or any Targaryen king that cared about the plight of the small folk. So it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't want to make those changes when assuming the rule, but the fact is that he wanted dragons to back him. Yeah, he, he definitely makes a lot of good reforms, but he can't go as far as he wants to because of his facing the lords. And if he had dragons, he could have gone further. And what's kind of like sad later is Tywin uh, repeals a lot of those reforms later on. And I, and I covered this in the Telltale Night and Flight of Sorrows, but I mean, the prevailing theory is that a what egg tries to hatch a dragon with wildfire or something, or just a fire goes out of control and burns down Summerhall? Well, it seems like he had a lot of like um, sorcerers. I really think things hit the fan. Well, oh, well, I think one of the things we discussed was them trying to what Rhaegar was involved, right? Like, well, Rhaegar was born there, so kind of maybe kind of the cost of the Summerhall paid for Rhaegar, the dragon, because you can see in that became, photo there. Well, they yeah they talk about how um, you know I had talked about in that essay about how um, Targaryens constantly misinterpret their dragon dreams. You think after like eight instances of that happening, <laughs> they'd be like, oh hey, by the way, maybe this isn't actually a dragon. Maybe it's referring to a Targaryen. But maybe there was some dream that Egg had about a dragon rising from Summerhall, and instead it was it was Rhaegar. But it says, What became of the dream of dragons was a grievous tragedy born in a moment of joy. In the fateful year, 259 AC, the king summoned many of those closest to him to Summerhall, his favorite castle, there to celebrate the impending birth of his first great-grandchild, a boy later named Rhaegar. And, of course, uh, one of the very last written from Archmaester Gildane's history, uh, the last page he wrote before his own death, hints at what happened from Summerhall. Um, but, oh no, ink was spilled. But what we get, and it's okay for me to read this, right? Yeah. Wait, where's the ink spilled? Well, we don't see it, but it says it says the ink was spilled, but then he pulls from the history of Archmaester <clears throat> Gildane. The blood of the dragon gathered in one. Seven eggs to honor the seven gods, though the king's own septon had warned. Pyromancers, wildfire, flames grew out of control, towering, burned so hot that, and then died, but for the valor of the Lord command. So I'm thinking that maybe Rhaegar would have died if it wasn't for Dunk sacrificing himself. Mm. Mm. So at least we know that the situation which Dunk had died in, um, we know that both he and Egg died at Summerhall. But of course, as can be expected for Dunk, that there was uh, his last act was a valiant one. He probably carried them out and then he died from his burns or something like that. He probably carried them out. In his- I mean, you think you can carry people out while you're yeah, burned by burning, wildfire? Yeah, on his back. So that's it. <laughs> on his back. <laughs> well, maybe it's not Lord Commander. Maybe it's Lord Commander is something. Yeah, it's Lord. He did, he did something. He did something to get Rigor out, like Rigor's mom out of there. He did, mm. So I'm a little disappointed. I mean, because when we were talking to uh, Aziz, we we um, 
he told us he he had heard that there was like an actual ink yeah. spill that like covered up the true story. No, I mean it, it was just there, there was ink, and then he he re, the guy rewrote it from that document. So this is all he. he well, yes, I understand yeah. that, but usually when we were talking to Aziz, he 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 said there's like there was an actual ink spill. But that would be that, like, weird to have it on this version. Covered one of the. Pages why, why would he give this book as, as a gift when he's got ink on it? Like he, he would have rewrote it. Like he's like, here, have this book. By the way, I spilled ink on one page. Like, well, I mean, it's different on. because yeah. we're talking about Archmaester Gildane's book yeah. versus this one. No, he, he thought it was this book is the one that had ink on it. Like, oh, oh but I don't, yeah. he wouldn't give that as a gift. I'm saying, right? He wouldn't give a gift when one page has ink on it. Yeah. That would not look. Maybe good. He just didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. The book had the book had uh, he had given the book to somebody and they spilled the ink on it. <laughs> <laughs> And he, somebody was like, oh, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> one thing this has taught me is that you guys, these guys need to make more than one copy of books. Yeah. <laughs> they need a printing press. Hey, that's what. You know what would have been cool is, like. you know, how the, um, how the King's Guard have always kept a book of all of like the Lord Commanders and, yeah. um, you know, the lineup, the roster, if you will. Yeah, the white book. I wish that had been, the white book had been included. Well, well, this maester doesn't have privy to that book, right? Yeah, but now you're just being logical. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Go to the next page, by the way. I want to take a look at Mailist the Monstrous, because that's you wish, crazy. You wish they had just added on that book at the end of this. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. And hopefully we will get that someday, because that would be neat to look at. Yeah, I love this portrait of Ares, too. On page 114, the look on his face is just like, are you fucking kidding me? He's looking at the Amazon reviews. Like, <laughs> that's the picture they should Yeah, that's the way I've been looking at it, too. <laughs> what happened during Ares 2 reign? Uh, all the crazy shit. Oh, he's, he's the crazy. He's yeah, the mad, the mad oh, king. Yeah. Right there. Okay. Sorry, I don't know all the numbers. Really. Um, but, but you guys... The scurrilous rumors that Joanna Lannister gave up her maidenhead to Prince Aerys the night of his father's coronation and enjoyed a brief reign as his paramour after he ascended the Iron Throne can safely be discounted. As Pycelle insists in his letters, uh, that oh. actually, that immediately negates it because <laughs> Pycelle is a goddamn liar. Tywin Lannister would scarce have taken his cousin to wife if that had been true, for he was ever a proud man and not one accustomed to feasting upon another man's leavings. Yeah, right. Bullshit. He took his son's leavings. Yeah, I know y'all think Tywin's about these seconds. But maybe he didn't what if that's Tywin's him. fetish? Man. Maybe he's into that. It has been reliably reported that King Ares took unwanted liberties with Lady Joanna's person during her bedding ceremony to Tywin's displeasure. It doesn't really matter whether that didn't result in any pregnancy. The question is later on what happened. Yeah. And we already knew he was interested. So even if that didn't happen or happened, we know from the wedding that he wanted to do it. King Ares wanted to. Right, exactly. That he he participated in the bedding ceremony, so he probably got a good look at that naked body and was like, what's up? I'm into this. Yeah. And so at any point after uh, the wedding, he could have just gotten it. And so Queen Ryla dismissed her, right? Just It just seems like the, the yeah. timing, Jamie and Cersei, not that we ever really believed that they were Targaryens, but it, it, that probably wasn't possible. She was she was away during that time. I, I feel like the fact that we're getting more hints about <laughs> Joanna and yeah. uh, Ares, that it's more and more likely. Unfortunately, because I don't like it. I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want that to be true, but it's uh, setting up toward it. The sad thing about how this book is written from, you know, the Maester's perspective of not really knowing what was going on and he said, she said kind of stuff is that even though we get all these facts, we can't take everything 100% as facts. There's still questions even when it's yeah. what we're talking about. It, it, this is more, it's more meta, meta is just to see like, why did George decide to have so many references to Joanna? It's like a <laughs> setup for the current books. Mm. Unfortunately. So hopefully it's just all just teasing with us. 
Look at Malus the Monstrous with yeah. his second head. Like, little baby head. That, that's technically, like, Mimi, isn't that, like, two, it's, I mean, it's two, two people merge as one, right? It's a chimera. Like, so that exists in this world. Well, it makes sense, but George is aware of it. Cause the, Wait, what page? Uh, page 112. <clears throat> he absorbed his twin, I guess, during uh, development. He absorbed his twin. What are we looking at? Oh, ew! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't make fun of him. Oh, I was just kind of like, nah, his hair looks real ratchet. And I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> That's not hair. Wait a second. That's... Uh, Wait, Who's hair? Why, why am I the expert on two-headed people? No, just, <laughs> I haven't read this part yet. So I mean, I, it's I an example of a, it's a chimera, right? It, it's like a person who has two people's DNA in him, right? That's what he is technically. It's not a chimera. There's actually people who have conjoined twins. We're pretty sure we don't call conjoined twins chimera. Oh, no, conjoined twins, no, because they're, they're, they're both... Uh, Te- technically, it is is a genetic term. Yeah, yeah it's a single yeah, organism. Just, just cause, cause, genetically distinct cell. So he he knows about chimera. Like this is a chimera, is that example? But like, because there there's suggestions that that uh, Tyrion is a chimera between uh, Tywin's son and Aerys' son merged together. Like, but they're like, well, George would have never been aware aware of that. But I mean, he has Melis the Monsters there, so it's not that he wasn't aware of that idea. I hadn't heard that. Too. I like that better because at least Tywin gets something in there. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? What about? Tyrion suggests that. Well, his eyes, his mismatched eyes, for example, like, I think that's a possible trait of some people who have multiple. Oh, the heterochromia? Yeah. I don't know that chimerism is tied to heterochromia. It's not necessarily tied, but I think one can cause the other, I think. Or it can cause kind of, like, abnormalities. Not always. Sometimes you don't even, can't tell until they do a test. I mean, that would be, that would be some crazy Martin genetics, though. That would be crazy, but, but, but it would be interesting. Like, and it would also, it, it would also cover up for the fact that Tywin wouldn't know because he would have slept with her at the same time period so he could still be his son so it's like it's like two twins that or two independent sons that merged and became Tyrion. i i think it's stretching <laughs> it is stretching it i'm trying to stretch it so the tywin still gets in there so but can we talk about how this brosev killed a horse with a single punch and <laughs> yeah. well, then barristan the bold killed him right yes a lot of the bad things that happen in this world is because of barristan's fault I mean, not not this part, but he he rescued Eris. If he hadn't rescued Eris, if if Tywin had just stormed the city when Eris was captured, then Eris probably would have died, and then Rhaegar would have been put on the throne as as Tywin wants to do. But then Barristan the Bold had to go show up and save Eris. Look what happened after that. Well, it's yeah. always the King's Guard <coughs> fucking the uh, line of succession. No, but did you? Maybe uh, we mentioned while you were gone. Like, did you notice that the King's Guard was inspired by Dorne? It's because of Dorne that they made the King's Guard. I did not notice that, but I felt like you probably went immediately to the Dorn chapter. Yeah. I can't wait till we get into this, like, and start talking about years of fall spring and everything that is, uh, that is very detailed about the Targaryen reign, because that shit is my jam. Ashley, did you see that one of the tribes of the, uh, Mountains of the Moon is called the Howlers? I just thought of Harry Potter when I read that. <laughs> no, I haven't gotten to the Vale section. I've been jumping around a lot with the houses. I've only read a few of them. I read the Lannisters. <laughs> I guess we all had our things that we flipped to first, huh? Yeah. Yep. The first page. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Kyle. And then there's Kyle. Poor Kyle. <laughs> Sorry, I want to go in order. Yeah. yeah. I figured Ashley would read the Lannister stuff and Mean would go to Dorne. I would flip through and look for Asians. And then... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Mean will look for the Asians, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are we looking for? Actually, I mean, oh, I just wanted to show you that. I mean, that was Meraxi's dying in Dorne. I don't have much to say about it; just nice artwork. But I do have something to oh, say that is about uh, <laughs> page two. No, page one eighty-eight. Page one eighty-eight. Because when we were reading Prince, Princess of the Queen, 
we kept talking about like the Greyjoys. What are the Greyjoys going to do? And they did jack shit. Like we didn't hear about it. But and they actually did do something. It's described here. We just didn't hear about it in Princess and the Queen. Did you guys realize that Aegon the Conqueror looks exactly like Eric Repair? That means nothing to anybody who doesn't know anything about food. But if you look on page 247, it looks like they just looked at a picture of Eric Repair and then painted that. Which I like that. Momo! Somebody agrees. Momo didn't like that letter. She's like, <laughs> So what did, um, what were they doing? Well, they attacked the Lannisters during the whole, uh, uh, Dance of the Dragons, and they did a lot of damage there. Was it Dalton Greyjoy? Let's see. Yeah. Yep. Dalton Greyjoy, and he, like, took away lots of people, but eventually he gets his ass kicked by the Lannisters, I think. Let's see. You see, eventually the Greyjoys always get their ass yeah. kicked. It's like, <laughs> why don't they ever learn? They're small. They, they have got their ass kicked by the Lannisters at least twice. The Lannisters have gone over to the Iron Islands and kicked their ass. <clears throat> like, no wonder they're scared of Tywin. That... <laughs> so that, I think it was the, the widow Lannister asked for, like, Tyrell help. She brought her fleet over. Like, if you can get to the Iron Islands, you can kick their ass, basically. Like, they're really good on the ships, but if you actually can fight them in person, that's what happens if you get their ass kicked. I mean, how do you feel about the original Samwell Tarly killing all the Dornishmen? Is that, yeah, I think there was a Samwell Tarly in there, right? Was, yeah. Savage Sam Tarly. Yeah. He probably does. Do you think our man's going to live up to him? <laughs> probably not. But it, maybe he'll do, he'll do better. Like he'll probably wait. A guy named Sam Tarly killed Dornishmen. Was that during the Young Dragons invasion, or was that uh, probably? It was during during <laughs> during Anus Targaryens, right? What's on fifty three? Sam Tarly. Yeah, on page fifty three, it says um, Savage Sam Tarly, whose sword Heartsbane was red from hilt to point after the dozens of Dornishmen he cut down in the course of the Vulture Hunt, as the chase after the Vulture King became known. Oh man. Yeah, I don't think Sam Tyler's going to live up to that. Who knows? Unless man, he might snap. Unless it's other blood or white blood. He's known the touch of a woman. He might be different now. Who has? True. <laughs> I mean, <enough>. who has? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about here? Oh, we were talking about Sam Tarley. Huh. Well, this guy, this Greyjoy, ha- or whoever he is, has a skull in his sword. What the hell? Do you guys remember reading near the beginning about how dragons had been to Westeros before the uh, Targaryens? Huh. And that, uh, I think it's like one of the, like, Naga's bones or something are actually dragon bones. Yeah, the bones have been scattered all over the place showing that there were tame, that someone had handled dragons before the Valyrians. Well, there's a whole, like, there's multiple buildings across the world that are, like, ancient before any civilization or, like, structures or whatever, ruins. But there was the question of um, in the Lannister chapter as to why the target or not the, the Valerians. Um, it seems like they did go all the way to like Old Town and to around Casterly Rock, but they never stuck around. Like there was a reason why why didn't they? When it's so rich there, hmm. why did they leave? And there's the suggestion that maybe a great catastrophe happened or something. Hmm. Or maybe it's pre-Valerian is some of the stuff as well. It's uh. Well, it's pre-Targaryen. Yeah. This is like. Hmm. Ancient, uh, many, many for the doom. I feel like the 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 reason, like, there's a, the story of like the others or whatever that all over the world means there's some sort of worldwide wide thing that happens. Maybe it's related to the planet moving around or something happening. Like every couple thousand years, there's like a change in the shift of the planet or in the orbit. Yeah, well, I think didn't they say that before <laughs> the long night, the seasons were regular? Yeah. Does something happen? Like maybe like a meteorite hit the planet and it has a weird orbit now. 
<laughs> but also the thing that I noticed is that though the long night took place everywhere, Westeros was the only place that had the others that we are aware of. We, we don't get much of a, a description. It just says demons and stuff over in UT. I mean, there could still be others. They just describe it differently. You'd think they would be the same type of thing. If, if this is like other type of like thing comes at the same time. It's just like too much going on. I think it's just probably just like others all over the place. The same type of species. Popping up. And the other thing that you really realize is that how far north Westeros goes compared to Essos, and if that had an impact yeah. on anything. Let's take a look at that. Because if they have ice dragons in Essos, that's pretty down south compared, like, comparatively. Mm. But there's no, there's no actual confirmation that an ice dragon, like, 100% exists. Like, there's just the story. Anymore. Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe they, were, they existed before. As a side note, I mean, have you you noticed the ice dragon was the story was reprinted lately, right? And, and then yep. people kept saying like it's the same world, the same world, and it's like no, it's not. Uh, but I think on the book it says the same universe. I'm like, well, okay, we can be the same universe. <laughs> There's billions of planets in a universe, so it can be the same <laughs> universe, but it's not the same world. Oh, I haven't read it. Well, we'll have to. I have to request some review copies first. So, <laughs> so going back to the, the seasons, it, going back to the seasons, it kind of yeah, it mentions. Um, <clears throat> Nikolai, or Nicole, excuse me, argues unconvincingly that the seasons might have been of a regular length, determined solely by the way in which the globe faces the sun in in its heavenly course. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess, I guess they had seasons like us and then it changed. I always felt like the seasons in the ice and fire world, that was just how they had been. And that was regular for them. But I guess if they're saying of a regular length, and if by regular length they mean the regular length of the seasons like in our world, then things had changed. But what does regular length mean? And the other curious thing is how, um, you know, people, their reigns were like for hundreds of years or something. And whether or not that was just exaggerating because the legends live on for so long or did people mm. actually mm. live a lot longer back then. I don't see how they... Oh, I guess there was more magic. If they're prolonging their life by magic, that's one thing. Because magic is anything is possible. But magic. But that still seems kind of like just... The, oh, they're like, oh, this guy lived for 900 years. No, it's 90 years. It's just exaggerated. Well, some of the years are pretty specific. There's like something like 291 years. Like, yeah. I think... I mean, and the seasons aren't... It's not... It's it's really the tilt of the planet that is with the seasons, right? Isn't, is, that, is that the case? That's why the southern hemisphere is... Uh, yes. So I guess yes. if you had erratic... If it kept moving around, kind of like the tilt of it, it could give you like a winter for three years and then one for one year. That's something up with the uh, the tilt of it. Hmm. I, I think... I always just wanted... I always just wanted to believe that that's how that world was. This is a fantasy world and we can yeah. just make It's shit. like that because it tilts. It's just like... <laughs> It's just how that world is, but this is making me think that maybe it did change. Were the others a natural phenomenon, or were they a result of some sort of transformation? But I'm starting to lean to where they were just, they evolved that way. Because of this world being like this, this species evolved, and it becomes active when it becomes colder. Well, what did they think they were um, in this, Ashley? You mentioned it earlier in this episode. Well, that was the bullshit <laughs> part. When it's like, they were just a tribe of first men. It's just... The yeah, first that's... Men. Yeah, that is BS. But I don't know, but then we have... Um, uh, then we have our Game of Thrones knowledge, you know, that uh, the show dropped on us, that weird shit. And so, was it men that just went up there? Uh, there's this theory that it's a different type of uh, children of the forest. Right? Yeah, that, that's the like, second brand. Yeah, it's like children of the forest gone bad. Like, they maybe they were created to fight somebody else and they went out. The first men. 
Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Although I think that, yeah, you have to see what the timeline is. If they were on good terms with the First Men when they showed up, or were they fighting the First Men at that time? But the big thing is that they bring the dead with them. I mean, that's yeah, that's not something we see anywhere else in the books. Necromancy, hmm. do we? So it seems more of an artificial construction. They were people that became that, like they use necromancy, use magic to become in that state. Well, I mean, uh, Beric Dondarrion's a bit of necromancy. Hmm. No, I, I just mean... Yeah, that's true. No, I, I think... I don't know what I'm trying to say. They do with all kinds of animals. They have. You look at the spider, right? They have all these... The, every They get undead horses. They, they're all about the undead stuff. Whereas <laughs> the uh, R'hllor side is just... If they are, is just the priests. Like, there's ideas that uh, Melisandre and Mokoro are just, like, reanimated or they've done something. They're not proper people anymore. They're uh, something else. Hmm. But I just want to say, I mean, George has had in his other works creatures or people that have evolved and become, like, almost magical, but just because of the characteristic of that world. So the others could be like that. They could just be something that evolved like the children of the forest, like the giants. Do you guys want to wrap up the episode shortly? Yeah, so I'm that... almost done. Yeah, I was about uh, to say, I'm getting sleepy. All right, well, well, one more from me, and I'm done. Anything else you want to cover, or...? No, I think you got the list. Okay, mm-hmm. well, two more, actually. Let's just jump to page uh, 59. The Brides of Mago are the Cruel. Lots of the brides as well. But, uh, <laughs> again. More, sa- more sad ladies. Yeah. Well, just again, the recurring theme. I think, is it is it Alice? One of these women is a sorceress-type woman. It just happens over and over again. Sorceress-type woman who's, like, exerting power, often from Essos or that sort of thing. I think it's Tyana of the Tower. Pentoshi, yeah, daughter of Pentoshi Magister. So that's just a... I mean, I, I could, and I, and I might write an essay on this. Like, you could write an essay on the amount of foreign women that are supposed to be sorceresses in the story. It's just common. Well, this this one was kind of likened to uh, what was it, Blood Raven? Yeah, there's a few of those those type Later of people on. that are in there. And there's Megor the Cruel there on the left. He's dead, not yeah. worthy, judge not worthy by the throne. Yeah, I was surprised his reign was so short. Actually, mm. kind of. I guess fortunate he didn't have, you know, he, he didn't screw, have have that much time to screw up everything. Mm. <laughs> and uh, the, what was the last page? I think it was just Baylor and his three sisters. It was interesting. Like, yeah, uh, Baylor in general. I mean, he he did some good things, and he's also crazy. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. After reading that, I, I I'm finding it hard to find those good. Oh, things he made he, he made peace with Dorn. Here. That was good, like in terms of ending suffering on both sides. He walked barefoot to Dorne. It was more Darren that made peace. That was more lasting, but it, it needed to be done. It's just that whole story with page uh, one, no, page eighty-nine, ninety, when he goes to free the the dragon knight, and the, the, the guys that are holding him are such douches. They're like, "Yeah, okay, here, have the key. You can go free him. He has to walk through the pit." Yeah, I gotta say, uh, Baylor was kind of Dorne's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he, he he had to lock his sisters away because he was trying to protect everyone from unnatural lust. And surprise, surprise, the first thing they do when they get out is all get pregnant out of <laughs> well, I think one of them gets pregnant while she's in the tower, right? Well, I guess we'll, we'll get into... Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was that was with uh, Dana with Black. Yeah, I don't know if I want to open this so. this uh, box here or this, this, this thing. Maybe we'll do in the future episode. But I, I feel like this book supports more why, like, the Blackfires were not a good choice. Should have gone with the... Uh... Bullshit. <laughs> 
Yeah, because he it's like years later that they have the rebellion. It's like, oh, it's for love of this girl. By the way, he has like eight children in that time, and she has children. It has nothing to do with love. It was just manipulated into it by like Quentin Ball and and Peak and a few of those two, the bitter still. Yeah, you you realize that he was he it wasn't really him that wanted the pawn. rebellion. The rightful pawn. <laughs> but uh, there's an episode I, I think I missed where the where Carl and, and um, Mimi were trying to justify like why they were supporting the Blackfires, and they just couldn't really come up with anything. You're just like, well, because this guy has a pot belly. That's the, they look. The, yeah, he look, it looks yeah, cooler. It looks cooler, so therefore belly. they should be, like that's not much of a justification. Because <laughs> he gave him the sword. Yeah, that, that, what does that mean? He said, "You're my good son." Hey, politicians in the U.S. have been elected for less. Okay, so well, they were elected. They didn't start like a civil war. And if they did, I'd vote for them. <laughs> That I'm just saying. Well, I'm, I'm into that. Uh, I'm into that. Well, well, one of the shit, like, so. things we need to talk about in the future episode is Blackfire Rebellion again with this book. That's the whole discussion of itself. Yeah. Oh, we will. But yes, yeah, so we will continue to cover this book in exhausting detail because I know this is going to lend a lot more to predictions for Winds of Winter and as well as maybe debunk some crazy ass theories that we've come up with over the past six years. But I do want to ask you guys one final question. Do you think some of these places that we've explored in World of Ice and Fire would even be turned, would even turn up or be mentioned in the later books? I mean, there's only going to be what two, two more, right? So I really want to go to Castlery Rock, but I feel like we're never going to go there. I think he said that it's supposed to show up at some point. I think he said that. So I hope it does show up. Hmm. It'll probably be the last page of the book when Tyrion flies his dragon back home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just am frustrated that we don't see the entire world map. I want to know where Essos <laughs> is. We need to be, look like 500 billion times this size. <laughs> yeah, I want the entire world. I think he, he probably hasn't even drawn the map of that part of the world. He's not the type that, that does that. Some authors do. We get the entire world map. Ashley should get a tattoo on her. <laughs> <laughs> as much as she's been bummed about it. Yeah. Full body tattoo. <laughs> yep. All right, so I guess until next time, we are uh, the next episode. We are going to cover the first section of World of Ice and Fire, the history section. So, old Professor Amin <laughs> should really get a kick out of this one, and I will get to talk about Targaryens, which is the only thing that matters. <laughs> Wait, Kyle, this is your job. All uh, right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to our uh, not quite review of the World of Ice and Fire. We'll be getting to it more, like Mimi just said. But thank you again for listening. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at a podcast of Ice and Fire. And uh, make sure you join our forums. Uh, keep the discussion going. And, yeah, that's about it. But yeah, I let me. I'll tell you when I get into town, Kyle. I don't know. Maybe you want to go grab something Sunday, or you're gonna be doing football shit, right? I don't know. Just keep me posted. Okay.
if it's Alrighty. next, it's a, if it's the 16th, ooh, I, I, I do really think I have a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> thing. And uh, I know that sounds goofy, but we really have been trying to plan it for On that Sunday. Time. Well, is your free Saturday morning or afternoon? I'll take you out for lunch with a goddard or something. Let me know. All right. Sounds good. I have yeah, you two quick questions for you, Mimi. Is one is, uh, I mean, you don't have to do it. Like, are, are, is the Supreme Court of Westeros thing too much for you right now then? Like, I can give it to somebody else to do, or do you think you can do it? Yes, I don't, okay, I don't I'll give it to someone else. To it. And okay. the other thing is, I don't know if you got my email of a potential visit. I don't want to impose, like, it seems like you're very busy, but just the idea was I could, if, if you, well, uh, between Ice and Firecon and uh, Anime North. I'll... Wait, so is that going to be next May? That would May? be in May, yeah. Okay, cool. You should definitely come because I am going to move to a very, very cool place, I think. So, I mean, I'll still be in Dallas. So, uh, once I have a cooler place than I have now, that'll be cool. Even if I'm still here, you obviously can still come hang out. You've already stayed with me before, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll I'll try to set you up on dates uh, probably for the good of the podcast. Oh, man, no, I'm definitely. Amina will be your wingman. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. You guys, any of you guys are welcome to come stay with me anytime. I'll make you walk my dog, but other than okay, that. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you <laughs> up to the yeah, It would be in May. It'd be between, I'd stop by for a few days and then fly back up to, to Anime North. So, cool. Cool. Sounds awesome. good. All right. All right. Well, Sounds I good, keep in touch. And then will you, are you guys okay with the sections that I assigned y'all for the review? What am I doing again? Um, it's in the email. Yeah. Yes. Fall of Dragons. Sure. Okay, cool. And then maybe we can touch base on yeah, it next week. I will uh, edit this. If I need the file from one of you, I'll let you know. I think, Kyle, you're recording at least, right? So, yep. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for putting up with me. Yeah, I think so. Great. All right. Good night. Have a good night, y'all. All right. Bye. Good night.